Jewish audio on Chabad.org. With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Dav Kuftes. We left off on Dav Kufches Ahmed Beis, three lines from the bottom and middle of the Mishnah. I would like to relearn the final case that we ended off in yesterday's share, first by giving, by reviewing a unique law, a unique halacha that we learned in the Mishnah on Dav Kuf Gimel. On Dav Kuf Gimel, we learned that when a person takes a false oath regarding any type of monetary obligation, and through the oath, the person wrongfully was exempting oneself from having to pay it to its rightful owner. And then the person admits. So we learned in the Mishnah that over here, the person is obligated to return the principal to the victim, even if the victim is in mother. In other words, even though normally when a person, God forbid, robs without swearing, and the Torah says, Veheshev the person could fulfill his obligation by notifying the victim that which I stole is in my house. Pick it up when you want. But since the wrong here wasn't only robbery, but there was not a false oath, when the person does truva by admitting, he cannot keep that article in his possession. And So now, based on this introduction, says the Mishnah the following, If a person, God forbid, robbed from his father, and he falsely swears, and then the father passes away, and as we spoke out yesterday, Rashi adds, and then he is moida, that he stole from the father. So here you have the obligation that we're learning in Vayikra, Nasai, Keren, Chaymish, Va'asham, and Nach the Keren has to be taken all the way to Madai, says the Mishnah. Here, one cannot say, the Gan of the robber cannot, the Gazlan cannot say, since I am an heir in this estate, I will get to keep my portion. For example, the son stole from his father a $300 animal. An animal that's worth $300. And let's say there are three sons. And the firstborn doesn't get Pishnayim because the oldest is the daughter. Which means that from this animal, every son should get 100. The son cannot say, well, father passed away. Yes, I robbed the animal. I needed to return it to my father, plus a Chaymish and an Asham. But from this animal, I get to keep $100 worth. It's mine. And the answer is that theoretically you're right. But being that this animal is a stolen animal and you cannot keep it in your possession... And therefore, for example, even to Madai, that is expressed here that he cannot even hold on to his $100 worth of the animal. So what he has to do is he has to give the animal to his brothers. Now, if the son cannot swallow this loss because he doesn't want to, which is a very unique thing in halacha, what do you mean you don't want to? But if he can't, he can't afford it. So we find a way for him not to keep the animal in his possession, which is the main goal. How would he do it? He goes over to a person and he borrows from them $300. And he gives this animal as a mashkin, as collateral. He takes the $300 and he doesn't give 150 to each brother. He gives 100 to one, 100 to the other, and 100 he pockets. So he has now his $100. That person, the lender says, I want my money back. Says this Goslin, the son, I don't have the money, take the collateral. So what he accomplished is, is that the animal that he stole, that he swore falsely, he will not have in his possession. So what? That's a system to circumvent, so to say, a legal loophole. Says the Mishnah, something similar, similar, not that similar, but similar that there are times that we allow a person to make this type of borrowing, giving something as collateral to circumvent. If a person tells his son, 
that I want you to know that any benefit that you have from me, a father tells a son, is kainem, is a carbon. So, and now the father passes away, being that the father used the words, me, Shelley, from me, which implies when I am here, now that he's no longer here, the son benefiting and inheriting his portion is not, so to say, going against the nether. Yiroshenu. However, but if the father says, you cannot benefit from me when I am alive, here the son cannot benefit even from the Yerusha. And therefore, or the Yerushalmi, the Ran is Goyres, whatever he should have gotten, he has to give either to his brothers, meaning to the sons of his father, or to the brothers of the father, which if there are no other sons, then Dine Torev Yerusha goes down, then it goes up. No sons, no grandsons, it goes to the father. If the father is not living, it goes to the father's sons. The Imei here also, like Rashi says on top of the Amid, He cannot forgive, he cannot let go of this Yerusha, so Loiva, and he won't have direct benefit from his father's Yerusha. He borrows money. And he uses whatever his father left as a mashkin. And, and he doesn't pay back to the lender. So this indirect benefit is not going against the nether. Coming back to the case of our Mishnah, being that really the Dini Mammon is bin Adam Lachaveri, like we spoke Adam Dafkov Dalid. He doesn't owe bin Adam Lachaveri because he gets $100 of the animal. The issue is more than bin Adam Lamakim. That for him to get a kapara, he cannot have this animal in his house. So Lotzei's Lishamayim, he won't have the animal in his house. Because the loyva took it, says the Gemara Amar Yosef, that you should know that this concept that he must relinquish this animal, that will mean that like Rashi says, what happens if he doesn't find any relatives of his father? He has no brothers. His father didn't leave any other sons. He has no uncles. Now, of course, aside of the convert, everyone has Yarshim. But if he doesn't find the Yarshim, just like we learned on Kuf Gimel, you have to get rid of this animal. If he can't find heirs, he cannot hold on to it until he finds the heirs. Then give it to Tzedakah. Talk about his chalik. His part he has to give to Tzedakah. And if Papa adds, very nice, I get it, you can give it to Tzedakah. But when you give it to Tzedakah, you can't be the Greisad Nadvan, the big knacker, I'm giving money to Tzedakah. You have to tell the the organization, I'm giving it to you not because I'm such a nice guy, because I really swore about this falsely. And I'm not allowed to hold on to it. It has to be my idea then. I stole this from my father. Oh, that's a good kasha. Can you get a matzeva? Okay. No, the brother's parts, he cannot give away, he doesn't own it. That's so he cannot give his brother's parts away. That he can hold on to. But his chalik of the Yerusha, which, which is his, but it's stolen, he has to get rid of. Clear. Now, asks Gemar on this whole concept, the whole thing doesn't work. We quoted the Mishnah Dafkov Gimel. Let's not forget that in Dafkov Gimel we learned that the din of Yelecheno Achrev Lamadai, number one, only goes on the Ken. And if the victim forgave the robber, then he doesn't have to go after him in Madai. Remember that? Befeirish Mishnah. That was the Mishnah in Kuf Gimel. In our case, if Mechila helped over there, really this money belongs to him. So why can't he be Meichel himself? It's not that he has to formally be Meichel himself. But if there is no Ben Adam Lachaveroi, 
owing, then Itaka doesn't have to go after him, Lamadai. So why would here be different? That if the victim forgave the Keren, even if he doesn't have, that's it, he's good. So which the Gemara answers, a few answers. First, Rabbi Yechelen answers like Hashem. I will tell you that ha, the Mishnah Davkuf Gimel goes according to Rabbi Yechelen. The Mishnah Davkuf Ches, which is our Mishnah, goes according to Rabbi Kiva. Where do we find Rabbi Yechelen? Rabbi Kiva, the Tanya, it says, V'im ish goyal. This is a pasik in Parshas Nasa. He's speaking about the case of a person swearing falsely and then being made. And the pasik says that if the man has no relatives, we'll see soon who's the man who has no relatives, right to whom the guilt, guilt meaning the money, can be returned. So the pasik says, then return it to God. And how do you return it to God? The pasik says, we'll speak about that in a moment. So says the Braisa, hold on, what is this Pasik speaking about? A guy stole and he swore and he admitted and there's no one, there's no victim. The victim died, give it to his relative. A man has no relatives, it's impossible. Every Jew has a closest halachic relative. Again, it goes down, then it goes up. And if the father left no uncles, then you go to the grandfather. Everyone has a halachic relative. Ella explains the b'raisa, the spasik, is speaking about the gezel ha'gera, kosom adaber. If a person converts, if after they converted they have children, then again they have relatives. But if the person, after he or she converted, they left no children, halachically a get is kekotm shanayla dami. So that person indeed has no relatives. And on that the pasik tells you, you know what you do? You don't get to keep it. You got to give it to God. How? By giving it to the coin. So now, says the Braisa, so look at the following case. A person steals from a get. And then Vinish Baloi, he does not the sin, he swears falsely. And then he heard that the get, and he was moida. So what does he have to do now? If the get is living, give it back to the get. But, he thought that the get died. So what does it say in this Pasik? What do you do? You got to give it to a God, you have to give it to a coin. Okay. And the get died without any heirs. Or the ger was married and had kids, and God forbid, the kids died before the ger died. And he was going, as it says in the Spasik, to give it to the Koyen. And it happened to be that Mazel Tov, the ger didn't die. Thank God, he's living. And now he meets the ger. Now, this person was about to give a donation in Yerushalayim. He was going to give it to the, not a donation, he was going to give the money to a Koyen. So what happened was the ger says, you know what, you have something nice in mind, you're going to do a mitzvah? Don't stop doing your mitzvah. Ah, you have to return it to me? So there's a concept called v'zakvay olav b'milva. The convert, the ger, converted this debt into a loan. In other words, normally this person owes the money because of the mitzvah of returning the gzela. The convert says, make believe it's returned, and now you owe me the money as a loan. Let's not forget that this whole concept that we're learning in our Mishnah, that even though he owns it, but because of, you have to, you have to go after mafilu l'madai, l'hoitzi l'ashamayim, you can't hold on to it, l'chura, that changes the moment it was converted into a loan, as we'll see soon in the Gemara. Now he owes the ger the money. And now the ger dies. Now what is the din regarding the property of the ger when a ger dies without any heirs? It's hefker. He owes money, a debt, to the ger. 
The Titus says that if a person owes the gzela that you, that you falsely denied through an oath, you have to give it to the client. But here the ged turned it into a loan, says the Braisa, says Rabbi Yaisi Haglili, Zoha haloba mashabi Now, the ganef, who is now the borrower, was zaychit. What's the concept of zchia? It's like mechila. It's mamish like mechila because, no, it's he owes it to the ger. The ger's property is hefker. So he acquired it from the ger. These are the words of Rabbi Yaisi Haglili. As, we'll, as we'll see, Rabbi Yechanan is implying that mechila works. Rabbi Kiva says, no, no, no. Even though now it turned into a milva, how did this person initially get the money? He got it illegally. Not only did he get it illegally, but to add injury, salt to the injury, he swore falsely. Here you have to get rid of it. You can't keep it in your possession. So even though the ger turned it into a loan, you can't keep it. Now, whether you have to give it to a client, whether you have to give it even to tzedakah, that's a big discussion here amongst the Rishayim. Bottom line is, Mechila will not help. So says Rabbi Echnon like this, Let me finish. Just an ex- he was going to give it to the client because he thought the ger died. And Mestamad this ger felt, if he's going to give it to a client, I don't want to interrupt his mitzvah. You give it to the client, you owe me the money. Became a milva. So says Rabbi Yechanan Halkab that there is no difference whether someone else is forgiving you, which is the case in Kuv Gimel, whether you're forgiving yourself. Rabbi Yosef Haglili, had he authored the Mishnah that we just learned in Kuv Ches, he would have said the person can hold on to his part of the Yerusha because he's forgiving himself. However, Ule Rabbi Kiva, who says in the Braisa Mechilo doesn't help, all right. So now says the Gemara. Let's finish reading inside the Gemara. Says the Gemara, adding according to Rabbi Yechanan, that Mechila helps. Now that Rabbi Yechanan is saying that Mechila will help in our Mishnah, according to that, you didn't need the Zakvi Milva. Says the Gemara, even if he didn't make it into a loan. So why did the Braiser write Zakvel Vemilva? Vahaidiktonizakvilva is to tell you the Khidash of Rabakiva. But here Rashi points out a, a, a bombakasha. If you're telling me that according to Rabbi Yaisi Haglili, even if the Ger did not turn it into a loan, now that the Ger died, so everything is hefkir. So he really has to give it back to the Ger. But now he's he's kind of, he's Michael himself. So what is the Pasik speaking about? The Pasik tells you, the Pasik that we just read, the Braiser began on the Pasik. That if you stole it from a person that doesn't have an heir, give it to God, give it to the client. And the Braises says it's speaking about a ger. That question will be addressed on Daf Kuftes on the base on the top. That's the Rashi over here. Ula Kamon Parech, you know my Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Shapiro from Miami. Oh, good, in Rashi and in the Rishonim. Lekamei means right, right immediately afterwards. Lekamon means a little bit later. So like, come on, it's going to be an Ahmed Beis. The Gemara is going to ask, Okay, but the Gemara is saying, that's Rabbi Yechanan's opinion. That Rabbi, that Rabbi Kiva holds, oh, it's the, the Braisa gave the case of Zak for all of the Milva, to tell you, Rabbi Kiva, comes along Rabbi Sheshis and he says, hold on, if you're telling me that these two Mishnahis are authored by two different Tanoim, in other words, that if according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, even if not, even if not, a robber can forgive himself, 
Why did the Mishnah Kuv Gimel, which is Rabbi Yisai Aglili, give an example where the victim was Michael? That Mishnah should have given this example. Should have given an example where a person was Michael himself. It's a bigger Chiddush. And likewise, we would know automatically that the victim can be Michael. And likewise over here, why did the Mishnah here, which is Kuv Ches Rabakiva, according to Rabbi Yechanan, that holds that a Michilo doesn't help, he didn't have to give an example where a person stole from his father. Adarabah, the Mishnah here, should have given the example of the Mishnah Kuv Gimel. To tell you the bigger Chiddush. That even someone else cannot be Moichel. So therefore, Rapsheshis holds both Mishnayas are authored by the same Tana. And which one? Ella Amar Abshashis, Havahar Rabbi Yisaglili, both Mishnais and Rabbi Yisaglili. What did we learn in the Braisa in the case of Zakhvara Ulamilva? Michila helps, says Rabshashis, Kik Amar Rabbi Yisaglili, the Matsi Machil. When can Michila help on the Gazela? Only Achedim, Mamish, the case of Kuv Gimel. Someone else can be Moichelu. Avol and Havshay, Loi Matsi Machil. But you cannot forgive yourself, which is why here in Kufches, you got to get rid of it. You got to give it back to your brothers. I, Ella, why is it that in the Braisa, the Braisa is different because in the Braisa, the Ger, before he passed away, told the, the Ganev, I, it's as if you gave it back to me, and I'm lending you the money. So now that you turned it into a loan, a loan can be forgiven. Or a loan is automatically forgiven if the money is owed to a convert who has no heirs. That's beautiful. I'm sorry? No, because I would argue that that's the whole pasik, that if a person stole from a ger, and you have the obligation to return it to a ger, if the ger passes away, and he has no heirs, you owe it to the kain. Once you owe it to the kain, how can the son uh, forgive it? can argue that. Very good. Now, Ravi says, similar to the that both Mishnais are authored by the same Tanam. Instead of saying that both of them are Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, Ravi says, Ravahar Rabbi Kiva. And the same logic, that Ki Kiva, when does Rabbi Kiva say the Limotzi Machel Nafshei? In the case of the Braisa, you can't forgive yourself. Which is also why in the Mishnah that Kuf Chesamit Beis, he stole from his father, he cannot forgive himself, he has to get rid of the whole animal. And Daf Kuf Gimel, there's some, the victim is being the forgiver. There you could. So now comes the Gemara and asks on Rava, and as we spoke out to Rashi and Rabbi Yechanan, what are you telling me, Michal, that Rabbi Yisaglili holds that Afilu Lenafshi Nami Matzil. Machil. This is what Rava is saying, and indeed that's also what Rabbi Yechanan says. If that's the case, that according to Rabbi Yisaglili, even when there is an act of Gezela that is owed, the Gezela, it's not a Milva. The person can be Michael himself. So Ella Gezel Hager the Ka'amar Achman and the Sinalikahanim. What will be the case of the pasuk that the Brisa is explaining that it's referring to Gezel Hager? Right? ish If you don't have a goyel, if the person from whom you stole doesn't have anyone that is his halachic relatives, it says Ha'asham Hamushav Lashem Lakoyin. You have to give it back to the coin. So Rava answers, and the same answer will go for Rabbi Yechinon, that the case of the Pasik will be referring to, according to Rabbi Yechinon, Shegaza lesager. A person stole from a convert. Venishbaloi, and he swore falsely that he doesn't owe him the money. And he didn't admit in the life of the Ger. If he would have admitted in the life of the Ger, 
When does the Keren Chaymesh Va'asham kick in when you're Maideh? Once he owes this to the Ger, the moment the Ger dies, it you owe it to the Kayan. You can't be Machal L'Nafshei. But here, the case of the Braisa was, you only was Maideh La'achar Misa. In other words, after he died, you're Maideh that you sinned. So from the outset, you owe the money to the Kayan. So even on Rabbi Yisak Lili, that you can be Maichel yourself, here you can't be Maichel yourself. Because the money already, so to say, belongs to Hashem. The moment that he was Maida, look in the Gemara, Hashem. Normally the words are Rachmana, the merciful one. Just to make something clear that Hashem, the name that's in Hasidus, that's the, the, the that's in Mamalik Olalman. No, it's the, the godliness that is the name, which as we learn in Tanya, which is the highest that goes into everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is referring to the godly light of beyond creation. Anyways, we're saying that God acquires it. And therefore, like Very good. Now, continues the Gemara on this sugya. Boye Ravina asks Ravina, Gezel Hagiyoris. Interesting question. If a person steals, God forbid, from a female convert, and the same parsha, the person falsely swears that they don't that they didn't steal, or that they gave it back, that they don't owe the money, and then they're moida. Or according to Rabbi Yisai they swear falsely and then the Giyoyres dies and then they're moida. Whatever the case of the Pasuk is. And the Pasuk says if they don't have a closest in kin, you have to give it back to Hashem, to the Koyin. The Parsha in Nasai, the Pasuk begins that in Ein Le'ish Goyal, are we to interpret Ish to exclude a female Mahu? Ish Amar Achman Isha? that the normal style of Chumash is to always speak in the masculine. And by the way, here also just to point out that the masculine really means that the level of Hashem that's greater than the world is in the masculine. Just the Lashon HaKasuf. If we're speaking about Hashem. And the, and the Shechina, in other words, the, the, the light that's Mamalek Olamim, the godliness within is called, is always referred to in the feminine. But in any event, is it that Ish is to exclude a Giyoyres? Or the title always uses Lashon Zachar, but it means everyone. So Amalei Rav Ahar and Teravina, Tashuma, the Tanya. It says in Abraisa, again, in the Parshas Nasai, Ish, Eni Ali Ish, the Tana says, Ish Amenayin, so Kishu Haimer, when it says, it says like this, Ve'im Eni Ish, Goyel, Lahashiv, Ha'asham, Asham here means the guilty money, the stolen money, Elov. So it says, Ha'asham, Hamushav, Lashem. It's a Mamashav double expression. It doesn't say give it to Hashem. It says, Ha'asham, Hamushav, the Asham that you're Mushaving, Lashem, Lakoyim. So Hamushav, Arekan Shnaim. There's an extra expression to include even a woman. Ish. So here there's another din. That Ish, Okay, a person converted. And they passed away. Can you right away assume the person didn't have children after he converted? And the answer is no. You have to inquire whether or not he did leave children. Because a convert who had children after he converted, they are his heirs. However, that's this necessity of you making an inquiry whether he had children is only if the convert was an ish. Meaning if he was an adult, he was bar mitzvah or older. But if he was a katan, 
even if he was older than nine, even if he was older than the age where Biya but there is a halachic presumption that someone under bar mitzvah cannot father children. Doesn't mean it's impossible. We had this a lot in Yavamis, but that's what halacha says. That you don't have to look whether he has children or not, because Biyodua, it's a given, we presume that he has no heirs. So we don't exclude the Giyotis from this Parsha, who represents them, Hashem. That's the whole story, that when they sold Yosef at Tzaddik, so really there were only nine brothers. Who was the tenth? Hashem. And that's why sadly, we have the link between the Asara Eruge Malchus, that they were killed on a certain level to atone for the sale of Yosef at Tzaddik. So who represented God, now that we're saying that God was involved? Rabbi Kiva. Why Rabbi Kiva is a Ger? And a Ger and Hashem, they are, they are their relations. He represented God. Here, if the Ger passes away, the Ger left no heir, you give it to God. How do you give something to God? You give it to the Kayin. So now we're going to learn a couple of dinner regarding Kahana. Tana Rabbanu, we learned in Abraisa, Lashem Akayin, you have to give it to Hashem, meaning you have to give it to the Kayin, says the Braisa Kudnoi Hashem, that the name God Almighty. Acquires it and whenever you're doing tshuva, whenever you're bringing the money to the base of Migdash, exactly to what coin do you give it to? When it comes to truma, for example, truma you can give to uh, any coin that you want, but this cannot be given to any coin that you want. You come to the Mishmar, and all of the Kahanim that are serving in that Mishmar they partake of the Kenan and the Chaimish. And they are the ones that bring the asham, and they get the meat and the hide of the carbon asham. Just to make it clear, we just had this last week. We're now Elul, Tafshan I involved, Parshas Kiseitse, and Parsha Shreftim, right? We learned Chumash Rashi, Levad Mimkarov Al Ha'avais, that especially from the beginning there were different groups, watches of Kahanim. They made Davidu Shmuel, that's the Lashon Chazal, they made the 24 groups of Kahanim. And they made a deal with each other that everyone gets to work on their week. It's really all of the schus of service and the meat and the hides belongs to all the kahanim. But how do you divide it? So they made amongst themselves this agreement that I work my week and you work your week. And I give, you know, in other words, your mezakah to me, your portion in my week in exchange that I'm being mezakah to you, my portion in your week. So whenever this person returns it, he can't pick the kayan. He gives it to the Kahanam and that watch. Says the Braisa, Maybe you give it to any kind that you want. So when it says in this Pasik, it says, Aside of the carbon Asham. So the Torah juxtaposes it with the carbon Asham. Since it says, Now who gets to eat the meat of the carbon asham? Who gets a part in the hide of the carbon asham? Not all the kahanim. Not the kind of your choice. But that's the din of the mishmaris. The, the kahanim of that mishmar. So we juxtapose the asham to the keren and the chaymish. The keren and the chaymish also goes to the kahanim of that mishmar. So now, says the Gemara, one second, I have a Gavaldika question that has to be clarified. What happens if the Gazlan himself was a Kayin? The robber, no, the one who stole from the get is a Kayin. 
Does he get to keep it? How do you know that he cannot say, since it has to go to the of this Mishmar? You know when he's going to come? He's going to come during the week that he's one of the group. So not only does he want to get a part of it, he wants to keep now all of it. Because now that it's already in my hand, let all of it remain with me. Why would he be allowed to say that? Now, by the way, the way we learned the Mishnah, we right away began today's share linking the Mishnah on Kuv Ches to the Mishnah on Kuv Gimel. And we explained that when it comes to Nishba Vohaida, there's an Ingen, what says Lashamayim, not to keep it in your possession altogether. But here the Brais is suggesting not only should you get a part of it, you should maybe get all of it. Why would you get all of it? If someone else stole from a girl, Another guy, and he comes to bring it in your week. So your zeicha bishalatz loy, Why would you not be zeicha your own? Now, by the way, to which Taisva says that's not a good kalvachaymer because we learned and we learned not that long ago that when you make a kalvachaymer, you say dayoi. Dayoi means it's sufficient. Dayoi that when you are learning something new from a source, that the new din cannot be more than the source law. In the source law, if someone steals from a ged and he gives the money this week to the mishmar, how much will this client get? Only a part, his part of the mishmar. So why would you say over here that since he's the one that stole, he should get to keep all of it? So Taisva says that's why the Braise brings another Kalvachimer. Because this Kalvachimer is not good because of Dayoi. So Rabnasan says Bulashan Akhir. Rabnasan gives another reason why you might have thought wrongfully that the Kain can get to keep all of it. What would you think? That When a person, a Kain, a rule, if a Kain brings his own carbon, even if he's bringing it not during the week of his Mishmar, he gets to do the Avaidah. And he keeps the meat and he gets all the hide. That's a rule. And we'll get to that more soon at the end of the Amit. Now, if a Kayan who could have brought his own carbon, for whatever reason, gives it up. So the din is that once he gave it up, the Kahanam of that Mishmar get to keep their part of the meat and the hide. So, which means a carbon of a Kayan that the Kahanam of this Mishmar don't have anything. Because the, kind, the, the gifter should have done it all. But if he gives up his right, once the coin takes hold of his part, no one can take it away from him. So, here, when it comes to this Keren and Chaimish, this Keren and Chaimish, when a Yisrael steals from a, from a Ger, and he comes to bring the Keren and Chaimish during this Mishmod. So, even if he gives it to one coin, it never belongs to one kain. It automatically belongs to all the kahanim. That Mishanichmas Lirashusai, now that he himself is the Ganef, it began in his Rishus, is Enadim, the Ain Achar Yochalitzim, no one should be able to take away his part. So you might have think he gets to keep all of it. Says the Braisa, Nloi, Nisht, why? Im Amar Pedavrash Ainli Chalik Boy, when it comes to a carbon of a kain, that the Kayan theoretically could have brought all of it on his own. None of the Kahanim of the Mishma would have had a part of it. None of the Kahanim would have had part of it. In other words, Kishem just like he had no part, is no one else has a part in it. So either no one has it, and then when that 
Koyin decided not to offer it, so he gifted it to the Mishmar. Everyone, get, everyone gets hold of it equally. Toimer Begezel, when it comes to him stealing, Kishem Shi Boy, the Tana's arguing that if he stole it, and the Torah says you have to give it Lakoyin, and Lakoyin means to the Kanam of that Mishmar. That means that when you are bringing it this week, from the outset, you're not the only owner. From the outset, everyone owns it. So why would you keep all of it? Everyone gets their part. Shame that he has a part in it. Ella, what do we do if a coin is the robber? So the din is, He doesn't get to keep the keren v'chaimish. And it's divided amongst all of those members of the Mishmar. Asks the Gemara question on this Braisa one second. In Parshas Nasai, shortly after we have the Pasik that we just read in Pedeke, I think it's Pasik Pasik Ches, that Vim Ain Leish Goyal, etc. He brings it to the Koyan. Milvad El Hakipurim. The Torah there says in Nasai, the Ish as Kedoshav Lo Yiu, which means that a Koyan gets to keep his own carbon. This din, that if you are a Koyan, you get to keep. Whenever you bring it, you get to do the avoida, you get to keep the meat, you get to keep the hide. Since this pasik is juxtaposed, think about it. If this coin, who gets the, the asham of this person? Who gets the asham? Only that coin. Because the trader says, So why don't we say now that in the same pasik, the pasik puts together that the money is given Lashem Lakoyen, Milvad El Hakipurim. Who gets the El Hakipurim? Only this Koyen. So why don't we say he gets to keep all the money? Answers the Gemara, no. You can't make such a, a, a juxtapo, juxtaposition. Because when does the Torah say, Ve'ish es Kedoshev lo'yiu, that the Pasuk here that's putting them together is speaking about a Koyen Tomei. A Koyen whose Tomei cannot offer the carbon. So this kind whose stomach doesn't get to keep the carbon asham, that's what this Pasik is referring to. And Taka, just like he doesn't get to keep the carbon asham, he doesn't get to keep the money. Says the Gemara, how can that be? If the Pasik Ches, that's putting together, giving the asham to the Lashem Lakoyin, and bringing the Eil Hakipurim, speaking about the Koyin Tomei, the Braisa, speaking about this Pasik, calls this Koyin Dover Shiyesh Lechei boy. He has a part in it. He can't get to keep all of it, but he gets a part in it. If a coin is tamay, he doesn't get any part in it. Mi islay, you don't get a part of the meat and you don't get a part of the hide if you're, if you're tamay. Can't eat it. So the Pasuk must be speaking about a, a coin that's tahar. So we're back to the question. Why don't we say that just like he gets all of the carbon, he gets all of the money? Ella says the Gemara, because we have a asya la koyin la koyin Because we have a gzeda shava. In our Pasuk it says, ha'asham hamushav lashem is given la koyin. In the din of steyachuza, where did we learn this? The Subis last time. The din is like this, that if a person is magadish, a field that he inherited, going back to the division that comes from Yeshua. So the Magdish has the right to redeem it from Hegdish. By the way, the Hegdish doesn't need the field. They want to get its value. And as, it, as is the rule, general rule, whenever the owner of something who was Magdish something is the one who's redeeming it, he has to add a Chaymish. Now what happens if he did not redeem it? If someone else bought it from Hegdish, forget about the fact that they don't pay a Chaymish. If that happens, the original owner will never get it back. 
Now the buyer doesn't get to keep it after Yovel. Says on the Torah that when Yovel comes, the buyer gives it to whom? To the Kahanim that are working the week of Yom Kippur of Yovel, and the Kahanim get it, and the original owner loses it forever. Now says the Gemara, dear, the Tanya, which says the following Brayse, in the Parsha, in Parsha's Bichukaisai, where we speak about this din of Magdish Teyachuza that someone else bought, that the Kahanim get it by Yoivel. Why does it say the word Achuzasai, Minayin, to tell you, Minayin, what happens in such a case, a field that someone else bought? What happens if a coin is the one that bought it? The coin bought it. The same question. Maybe the coin can say, I get to keep all of it in Yovel. I already bought it. It has to go to whom? To the Kahanim. No, I'm a coin. That this buyer cannot say, since it has to go to the Kahanim. It's already in my hand. I should get to keep it forever. And I have no reason for that. If I would be working the week of Yom Kippur, someone else's field that someone else bought, I would get. So Talmud Leimer, the Torah says, To tell you, what does the Kayan own only Achuza Shaloi? If this Kayan inherited his own land, and parenthetically, even though the Eretz Yisrael was not divided to Levi and to the Kayan, but because of such dinim, some, you know, Kahanim can end up owning land. And then when they pass away, it goes down to their heirs. So a uh, land that a Kayan himself inherited, he gets to keep. This that he bought, he himself doesn't get to keep. That's what should happen. Now, by the way, if he happened to be a Kayan working in the Mishman of Yom Kippur, he gets a chalik in it. But he doesn't get to keep all of it. So we have a Shava that the Keren V'chaymish that goes Lashem Lakayan, even if the robber was, God forbid, the Kayan himself, he never gets to keep all of it. Even if he brings it during the week where he works in the Mishmar, he only gets a part in it, but not all of it. Let's hop on in one more b'raisa. Says the Gemara in the two dots. Ton Rabbanon, Minayin Lakayin. How do we know this din that we spoke out before? That a Kayin, Shabao Makrev Karban that comes to bring his carbon. Whether he's coming to bring it during the week of his Mishmar or not. That he gets to bring it whenever he wants, meaning he does all the Avaidah. Then he gets to eat all the meat, if it's a carbon, that meat is eaten to the Kahanim, and he gets to keep all the hide. Talmud Leimer, that's the Pasik. it says in Pasha Shoftim, we had this last week, that that the coin can come whenever his heart desires. The Sheireis, and he can do the Avoid, he can minister. Meaning both doing the Avoid and eating and getting the benefits. Uminayin, how do we know that Avoidasa, that the meat, and the Oida, and the hide, Shaloi, Talmud Leimer, so now we're quoting again the Pasik and Pashas Nasi. The Ish es Kedoshav. The Ish meaning the Kayin. When it comes to his Kachim, Loi Metavav. His Loi Now, how much do we apply this? So the Braisa begins to expand this. That Balmum. If the Kayin is a Balmum. Now, by the way, a Balmum, unlike the Kayin Tamei that we spoke about before, that cannot eat, a Balmum cannot do the Avoida. But a Balmum is allowed to partake of the meat. And he can get his portion in the hide. So if he's a Balmum, 
So the rule will be like this, that he can appoint a shliach. If a kain can bring his carbon whenever he chooses, he can also appoint a shliach to do the avoid on his behalf. Likewise, if he gets to keep the hide, he can give it to whoever he wants. But he can only appoint a shliach to do something that he's able to do. So if he's a balmum, which means that he cannot do the the, the avoid himself, so then he cannot appoint a shliach very good. He has to give it not to the coin of his choice. It's a coin for that mishmer. However, the problem, not to get confused, and this b'raisa avoid means the meat. But the meat and the oil belongs exclusively to him. Now, what happens in the opposite? So that she says on top of the amid and kufyud. We're gonna we're gonna have more clarification in a moment. But says Rashi, a zakin on kain who's old is roy to do the avoda. He can shecht, but for some reason he can't eat. So if that's the case, the opposite. If he can do the shechita, says the brayser, nois nalochol kain sheirza. If he can do it, he can appoint a shliach. And by the way, again, he can appoint a shliach even a kain from another mishnah. Because he can do it whenever he wants, he can appoint a shliach, any kayan to do it on his behalf. However, the avoida, meaning the meat, and the oida, since he's unable to eat it, so then he cannot take it, he cannot give it to anyone, whatever you can do, you can't appoint a shliach, so it belongs to Anshe Mishmar. Now the Gemara wants to understand who exactly is this kayan zakin that could do the avoida, but can't, what does that mean? asks the if he can do the avoida, then if he can do the avoida, then why can't he eat? And if he cannot do the avoida, for whatever reason, so why isn't that reason also not allowing him, it should prevent him from shliach nami mashra? If he cannot do the avoida, then how can he appoint someone to take the hide on his behalf? Answers the Gemara, Amar of Papa, interesting, Sheyachal, he's pashad old, Mamash, he's old or ill, Sheyachal lasso is al he can do both, he can do both, he can shecht and he can eat, but he can't shecht gezunt and he can't eat gezunt. So there's a very interesting difference between serving God and eating food. Avoida, if someone serves Hashem, like our davening. Still called avoida. It's not a nice davening. But avoida is called avoida. And therefore, since halachically his avoida is valid, then he can appoint a shliach. Eating, that's an interesting rule. If you don't eat properly, like we have, you know, that if you, if you're, you are already stuffed and you eat food, it's not, called an, it's not called halachically you ate. It's something disgusting. It's called achila gasa. If a person is ill and they can't eat, achila dechiyochal aladiyatchak is called a achila gasahi. Achila gasa is not called eating. Achila gasa laf klumu. And therefore, since you can't eat, you can't give it to your choice client, it goes to the kind of that mishmar. Mishumachi avadosavi oida. La'anshiyah mishmar. God willing to be continuing. Someone to press the button.